Hello, friends, and welcome to Sleep Tight Relax. Sounds, music, and stories for calming, busy minds. A short message for grown-ups. At Sleep Tight Relax, our mission is to bring calming entertainment to children and their families at sleep time. For more stories, sleep sounds, guided meditations, music for sleep, and more, all ad-free, visit sleeptightpremium.com to begin your free trial. A link can be found in our show notes. Thank you. Our sleep story tonight is the second part of Beauty and the Beast. We will find out what will happen when Beauty is left at the castle with the Beast and her father returns home. Who is the prince she is dreaming about? Will he come and find her? Before we continue with our story, Let's first make sure you are cozy and comfortable. Turn off the lights, silence notifications, find your comfortable place, your place to relax or your favorite position in bed. Position your pillows, a teddy, or your other little comforts to make sure that everything feels as it should. Now that you are comfortable, let's take a few minutes to relax your body and mind. First, close your eyes and take a deep belly breath. Take one more and try to make it a little deeper this time. Now, since you are lying down, let's stretch your legs as far as you can and hold it ever so slightly. Try now to do the same with your arms. With your hands above your head, stretch as far as you can and just hold it there for a little while. Now take a few more belly breaths, taking your time, breathing in, and out deeply and as slowly as you can. Now we are ready for tonight's sleep story. 
Beauty and the Beast, Part 2. Beauty found her dream so interesting that she was in no hurry to awake. But presently, the clock roused her by calling her name softly twelve times. And then she got up and found her dressing table, set out with everything she could possibly want. And when she was finished getting ready, she found dinner was waiting in the room next to hers. But dinner does not take very long when you are all by yourself. And very soon she sat down cozily in the corner of a sofa and began to think about the charming prince she had seen in her dream. He said I could make him happy, said Beauty to herself. It seems, then, that this horrible beast keeps him prisoner. How can I set him free? I wonder why they both told me not to trust appearances. I don't understand it, but after all, it was only a dream. So why should I trouble myself about it? I had better go and find something to do to amuse myself. So she got up and began to explore some of the many rooms of the palace. The first she entered was lined with mirrors, and Beauty saw herself reflected on every side and thought she had never seen such a charming room. Then a bracelet which was hanging from a chandelier caught her eye and on taking it down, she was greatly surprised to find that it held the portrait of her unknown admirer, just as she had seen him in her dream. With great delight, she slipped the bracelet on her arm and went on into a gallery of pictures, where she soon found a portrait of the same handsome prince, as large as life, and so well painted that as she studied it, he seemed to smile kindly at her. Tearing herself away from the portrait at last, she passed through into a room which contained every musical instrument under the sun. And here she amused herself for a long while in trying some of them and singing until she was tired. The next room was a library, and she saw everything she had ever wanted to read, as well as everything she had read, and it seemed to her that a whole lifetime would not be enough to even read the names of the books. There were so many. By this time, it was growing dusk, and wax candles in diamond and ruby candlesticks were beginning to light themselves in every room. Beauty found her supper served just at the time she preferred to have it, but she did not see anyone or hear a sound. And though her father had warned her that she would be alone, 
she began to find it rather dull. But presently she heard the beast coming and wondered what he might say or do. However, as he did not seem at all ferocious and only said gruffly, Good evening, beauty. She answered cheerfully and managed to conceal her fear. Then the beast asked her how she had been amusing herself, and she told him all the rooms she had seen. Then he asked if she thought she could be happy in his palace, and Beauty answered that everything was so beautiful that she would be very hard to please if she could not be happy. And after about an hour's talk, Beauty began to think that the beast was not nearly so terrible as she had supposed at first. Then he got up to leave her and said in his gruff voice, Do you love me, Beauty? Will you marry me? Oh, what shall I say? cried Beauty, for she was afraid to make the beast angry by refusing. Say yes or no without fear, he replied. Oh, no, beast, said Beauty hastily. Since you will not, good night, Beauty, he said. And she answered, good night, beast. Very glad to find that her refusal had not provoked him. And after he was gone, she was very soon in bed and asleep, and dreaming of her unknown prince. She thought he came and said to her, Ah, beauty, why are you so unkind to me? I fear I am fated to be unhappy for many a long day still. And then her dreams changed. But the charming prince figured in them all, and when morning came, her first thought was to look at the portrait and see if it was really like him. And she found that it certainly was. This morning she decided to amuse herself in the garden, for the sun shone and all the fountains were playing. But she was astonished to find that every place was familiar to her. And presently she came to the brook where the myrtle trees were growing, where she had first met the prince in her dream. And that made her think more than ever that he must be kept prisoner by the beast. When she was tired, she went back to the palace and found a new room full of materials for every kind of work. Ribbons to make into bows and silks to work into flowers. Then there was an aviary full of rare birds, which were so tame that they flew to Beauty as soon as they saw her and perched upon her shoulders and her head. Pretty little creatures, she said, how I wish that your cage was nearer to my room, that I might often hear you sing. So saying, she opened a door and found, to her delight, that it led into her own room. 
though she had thought it was quite the other side of the palace. There were more birds in a room farther on, parrots and cockatoos that could talk, and they greeted Beauty by name. Indeed, she found them so entertaining that she took one or two back to her room, and they talked to her while she was at supper. After which, the beast paid her his usual visit and asked her the same questions as before. And then, with a gruff good night, he took his departure, and Beauty went to bed to dream of her mysterious prince. The days passed swiftly in different amusements, and after a while, Beauty found another strange thing in the palace, which often pleased her when she was tired of being alone. There was one room which she had not noticed particularly. It was empty, except that under each of the windows stood a very comfortable chair. And the first time she had looked out of the window, it had seemed to her that a black curtain prevented her from seeing anything outside. But the second time she went into the room, happening to be tired, she sat down in one of the chairs when instantly the curtain was rolled aside and the most amusing pantomime was acted before her. There were dances and colored lights and music and pretty dresses, and it was all so beautiful that Beauty was very happy. After that, she tried the other seven windows in turn, and there was some new and surprising entertainment to be seen from each of them so that Beauty never could feel lonely anymore. Every evening after supper, the Beast came to see her, and always before saying goodnight, asked her in his terrible voice, Beauty, will you marry me? And it seemed to Beauty, now she understood him better, that when she said, No, Beast, he went away quite sad. But her happy dreams of the handsome young prince soon made her forget the poor beast. And the only thing that at all disturbed her was to be constantly told to distrust appearances, to let her heart guide her and not her eyes, and many other equally perplexing things, which, consider as she would, she could not understand. So everything went on for a long time until at last, happy as she was, Beauty began to long for the sight of her father and her brothers and sisters. And one night, seeing her look very sad, the beast asked her what was the matter. Beauty had quite ceased to be afraid of him. Now she knew that he was really gentle in spite of his ferocious looks and his dreadful voice. So she answered that she was longing to see her home once more. 
Upon hearing this, the beast seemed sadly distressed and cried miserably. Ah, beauty, have you the heart to leave an unhappy beast like this? What more do you want to make you happy? Is it because you hate me that you want to escape? No, dear beast, answered beauty softly. I do not hate you, and I should be very sorry never to see you any more. But I long to see my father again. Only let me go for two months, and I promise to come back to you and stay for the rest of my life. The beast, who had been sighing sadly while she spoke, now replied, I cannot refuse you anything you ask, even though it should cost me my life. Take the four boxes you will find in the room next to your own and fill them with everything you wish to take with you. But remember your promise and come back when the two months are over, or you may regret it. For if you do not come in good time, you will find your faithful beast gone. You will not need any chariot to bring you back. Only say goodbye to all your brothers and sisters the night before you come away. And when you have gone to bed, turn this ring round upon your finger and say firmly, I wish to go back to my palace and see my beast again. Good night, beauty. Fear nothing. Sleep peacefully, and before long you shall see your father once more. As soon as Beauty was alone, she hastened to fill the boxes with all the rare and precious things she saw about her. And only when she was tired of heaping things into them did they seem to be full. Then she went to bed but could hardly sleep for joy. And when at last she did begin to dream of her beloved prince, she was saddened to see him stretched upon the grassy bank, sad and weary, and hardly like himself. What is the matter? she cried. He looked at her reproachfully and said, How can you ask me, cruel one? Are you not leaving me? Oh, don't be so sorrowful, cried Beauty. I am only going to assure my father that I am safe and happy. I have promised the beast faithfully that I will come back, and he would be very sad if I did not keep my word. Why would that matter to you, said the prince? Surely you would not care? Indeed. I should be ungrateful if I did not care for such a kind beast, cried Beauty. I would do anything to save him from pain. I assure you, it is not his fault that he is a beast. Just then, a strange sound woke her. Someone was speaking not very far away, and opening her eyes, she found herself in a room she had never seen before, which was certainly not nearly so splendid as those she was used to in the Beast's palace. Where could she be? She got up and dressed quickly 
and then saw that the boxes she had packed the night before were all in the room. While she was wondering by what magic the beast had transported them and herself to this strange place, she suddenly heard her father's voice and rushed out and greeted him joyfully. Her brothers and sisters were all astonished at her appearance, as they had never expected to see her again, and there was no end to the questions they asked her. She had also much to hear about what had happened to them while she was away and of her father's journey home. But when they heard that she had only come to be with them for a short time and then must go back to the Beast's palace forever, they complained loudly. Then Beauty asked her father what he thought could be the meaning of her strange dreams and why the prince constantly begged her not to trust appearances. After much consideration, he answered, You tell me yourself that the beast, frightful as he is, loves you dearly and deserves your love and gratitude for his gentleness and kindness. I think the prince must mean you to understand that you ought to reward him by doing as he wishes you to, in spite of his appearance. Beauty could not help seeing that this seemed very probable. Still, when she thought of her dear prince, who was so handsome, she did not feel at all inclined to marry the beast. At any rate, for two months, she need not decide but could enjoy herself with her sisters. But though they were rich now and lived in town again and had plenty of acquaintances, Beauty found that nothing amused her very much. And she often thought of the palace where she was so happy, especially as at home she never once dreamed of her dear prince and she felt quite sad without him. Then her sisters seemed to have gotten quite used to being without her and even found her rather in the way. So she would not have been sorry when the two months were over, but for her father and brothers who begged her to stay and seemed so sad at the thought of her departure that she had not the courage to say goodbye to them. Every day when she got up, she meant to say it at night, and when night came, she put it off again, until at last she had a dream which helped her to make up her mind. She thought she was wandering in a lonely path in the palace gardens when she heard groans, which seemed to come from some bushes hiding the entrance of a cave. And running quickly to see what could be the matter, she found the beast stretched out upon his side. He reproached her faintly with being the cause of his distress. And at the same moment, a stately lady appeared and said very gravely, Ah, 
beauty. You are only just in time to save his life. See what happens when people do not keep their promises? If you had delayed one day more, you would have found him gone. Beauty was so terrified by this dream that the next morning she announced her intention of going back at once. And that very night she said goodbye to her father and all her brothers and sisters. And as soon as she was in bed, she turned her ring around on her finger and said firmly, I wish to go back to my palace and see my beast again, as she had been told to do. Then she fell asleep instantly and only woke up to hear the clock saying, Beauty, Beauty, twelve times in its musical voice, which told her at once that she was really in the palace once more. Everything was just as before, and her birds were so glad to see her. But Beauty thought she had never known such a long day, for she was so anxious to see the beast again that she felt as if supper time would never come. But when it did come and no beast appeared, she was really scared. So after listening and waiting for a long time, she ran down in the garden to search for him. Up and down the paths and avenues ran poor Beauty calling him in vain, for no one answered. And not a trace of him could she find, until at last, quite tired, she stopped for a minute's rest and saw that she was standing opposite the shady path she had seen in her dream. She rushed down it, and sure enough, there was the cave, and in it lay the beast, asleep, as Beauty thought. Quite glad to have found him, she ran up and stroked his head, but to her surprise, He did not move or open his eyes. Oh, he is gone, and it is all my fault, said Beauty, crying bitterly. But then looking at him again, she fancied he still breathed, and hastily fetching some water from the nearest fountain, she sprinkled it over his face, and to her great delight, he began to revive. Oh, beast, how you frightened me, she cried. I never knew how much I loved you until just now, when I feared I was too late to see you again. Can you really love such a creature as I am? asked the beast faintly. Ah, beauty, you only came just in time. I was failing because I thought you had forgotten your promise. But go back now and rest. I shall see you again by and by. Beauty, who had half expected that he would be angry with her, was reassured by his gentle voice and went back to the palace where supper was awaiting her 
and afterward, the beast came in as usual and talked about the time she had spent with her father, asking if she had enjoyed herself and if they had all been very glad to see her. Beauty answered politely and quite enjoyed telling him all that had happened to her. And when at last the time came for him to go, and he asked, as he had so often asked before, Beauty, will you marry me? She answered softly, Yes, dear beast. As she spoke, a blaze of light sprang up before the windows of the palace. Fireworks crackled and guns banged, and across the avenue of orange trees, in letters all made of fireflies, was written, Long live the prince and his bride. Turning to ask the beast what it could all mean, Beauty found that he had disappeared, and in his place stood her long-loved prince. At the same moment, the wheels of a chariot were heard upon the terrace, and two ladies entered the room. One of them Beauty recognized as the stately lady she had seen in her dreams. The other was also so grand and queenly that Beauty hardly knew which to greet first. But the one she already knew said to her companion, Well, queen... This is Beauty, who has had the courage to rescue your son from the terrible spell. They love one another, and only your consent to their marriage is waiting to make them perfectly happy. I consent with all my heart, cried the queen. How can I ever thank you enough, charming girl, for having restored my dear son to his natural form? And then she tenderly hugged Beauty and the Prince, who had meanwhile been greeting the fairy and receiving her congratulations. Now, said the fairy to Beauty, I suppose you would like me to send for all your brothers and sisters to dance at your wedding? And so she did. And the marriage was celebrated the very next day with the utmost splendor. And beauty and the prince lived happily ever after. Good night.